Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to Matt and the B-Flats, episode four. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and definitely check out our Facebook uh, Facebook page and soon to come uh, a Facebook group as well where I want to get the community a little, little bit more involved there too. I'm uh, one of your hosts today, Brian, and we got. Let's let's go straight to Matt right now. I want to I want to hear the the sound of the beer clinking because he told me that I was too late. Yeah, your my beers <laughs> are now warm and I have to deal with this. Cannot work <laughs> under these conditions. <laughs> all right. Well, uh, tell me what life's like. Tell me uh, what are you listening to? What are you doing? All that fun stuff. Um, I've kind of just been listening to the new War on Drugs album. Um, okay. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? It's it's really good. <laughs> like, um, I think in the best possible way, a an artist delivering more of the same, because um, uh, it's it's very sonically similar to their last album, um, Lost in the Dream. This one's called uh, A Deeper Understanding. I think he's kind of leaning further into into the loss of the dream um, use of space. Um, it's not a, it's not a very sparse recording, um, but I think the the use of space, like the way they just let sort of synth drones happen or the way that he takes time between notes on the piano, uh, I, I feel like that's all improv or not it, it all feels calculated in a very good way and hmm. um sonically it's 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 as phenomenal as lost in the dream was and i and i'm glad the anticipation i had for that album has it been, lived up to the hype it is well i don't want to say hype um because i don't know how hyped a war on drugs release is it's definitely not like what we personal mentioned. hype though uh, i mean I, I mean i was looking forward to it and i think because i was looking forward to it i probably would have apologized for it a little bit um uh i'm just glad i don't really have to apologize for it uh after listening to it uh, a few times it's a very it's a phenomenal album i think one of the best opening tracks of the year and uh, uh, I'm looking at it right now. It's up all night. Yeah, uh, and then, I'm reading about it right now, and it says it's uh, he's similar to like Dylan Springsteen, Tom Petty, and those type of guys. Yeah, his uh, his sound. Well, not really. Like like. Yeah, well, I was gonna say, what do you think of that comparison? I think the way I, I, I are you reading Pitchfork's review? Uh, no, I'm literally on the uh, i iTunes page. And oh, really? Uh, okay, because like because like the way the way pitchfork reviewed um this album they they compared it a lot to like 80s dylan and cynthia springsteen and i think there i think that's a fair comparison but that doesn't really if you want to talk justice well i don't it doesn't it doesn't really create the right argument um because the only people that will really apologize for those references are the people who really under who who are really into music as a whole or or just super into the particular artist mentioned because when you think of 80s Dylan um it's it's not great it's it's like yeah i feel post like post 
like when right when Dylan because it's like the late seventies is when Dylan sort of went on his like born again Christian thing, and then. <laughs> And I'm then, not sure I've heard of uh, his born again Christian thing, but I um, feel like for he me, delivered, most he del- of Bob Dylan's all from the '60s and well, right? like, yeah, mid to late '60s is yeah, is, but yeah, but Dylan is still releasing albums today, um, and he has been. I mean, despite being in this for over 50 years now, um, he has cons- he's constantly been releasing things. He di- he hasn't done like the every year thing. But uh, he's been, he's gone, you know, I think, I think the longest he's ever gone is like five years between albums. Um, but I think the 80s Dylan is, is definitely, I don't want to say it's the worst Dylan, um, because Dylan has some bad albums, but I don't think he has periods that are completely devoid of, of good material. I think the 80s has the least amount of good material. Um, yeah, but I'm going he, through it right now, and I'm looking at like Joker Man's a great song from Infidels. Uh, yeah, and like when he got involved with uh, Jeff Lynn of ELO and Tom Petty and Roy Orbison, and really got really dove into like the Traveling Wilburys the way they did in the mid to late '80s. He released an album, I think it was produced by Jeff Lynn, uh, called Empire Burlesque, which was actually a very good album, um, probably the best of that period. And then, and then it was kind of. A holding pattern for a while just because i mean the man's the man's written for so long i mean he's one of the yeah. he's probably one of the only rock stars who could have kids that become rock stars and when they're you know going through their rebellious phase they'd be like dad you don't understand he could go i'm bob dylan yes i know what you're doing he's gonna write a whole album just about that i mean like i you know the, he the he's the first songwriter to get the Nobel Prize for literature. I don't really think that is a is a is an easy task. Yeah. Considering a lot of people in the literature community don't take songwriting that seriously and they don't look at poetry as all that great depending on who you ask. Um but uh, but yeah, like I think I think the I think the war on drugs comparison to Dylan it's misleading at worst um it's not a it's not a bad it's not a bad comparison but when like if if i were talking to just a pedantic dylanophile who will basically know every word to blonde dylanophile the 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 word for a dylan follower like a big pop dylan yes yes because that that doesn't make me feel comfortable well philia is latin for i am not okay philia is a latin word for love okay so like yeah so if you're if you're like, you know, think of it that way. Um, there right. are, there are audiophiles, there are cinephiles, there are video gamophiles, there are you know things like that. Um, yeah. But the mo- most of the you know armchair Dylan lovers basically they know the words to Blonde on Blonde and Highway sixty one revisited, and they'll tell you anything is good because it's Dylan, regardless of what it is, because they really don't know anything outside of his sixties period. Um, but the new War on Drugs album is really good. It's a it's a very nice uh, widescreen synthy rock album, and you should listen to it. I think we should introduce our our third person in this little yeah this uh, little Brian, orgy we've got going. Uh, how are you doing? How's life? Is he here? Hopefully he's here. Did I put him to sleep? <laughs> I don't uh, know. Wouldn't be the first time. 
Brian, wake up. I don't know. He's MIA. Okay, well, what have you been listening to? Uh, well, actually, I've been. You're on... you're a decade late to Voxtrot, is what you are. Yeah, I'm gonna call. I'm you not. Out I'm not saying. <laughs> like, I sent you that thing. I'm not saying I just started listening to Voxtrot. I but know. I'm just yeah. Mixing, yeah. Uh, I uh, I have been on a Voxtrot little kick lately. No, I've been listening to uh, the Shins' most recent album, Heartworms, a lot. Yeah. Uh, which you I actually really like. Yeah, I well, yeah, I love the Shins generally too. Uh, their their album Poor Tomorrow is probably one of my favorite albums of all time, to be honest. But oh, that's good. Make uh, sure not I picking also... the Natalie Portman reference in that shitty Garden State movie. <laughs> no. Um, other than that, what else? I'm also been listening to Modest Mouse a lot lately. Which Very Modest out Mouse? Of nowhere. Uh, the, uh, the, the modest mouse that everyone listens to <laughs> ocean breeze, salty wind, you carry it in. I don't know. I don't know that, that album. Uh, what, what, are you talking about good news for people that love bad news yep. or that's it? Okay. Good news for people who love Just, bad news. Okay. Listen to the three albums before that specifically. Um, this is a long drive for those with, for someone with nothing to think about. Um, lonesome crowded West and. The moon and Antarctica, and the moon and Antarctica, and those yeah. three will basically change your opinion on that album. Interesting. I think. Uh, <clears throat> well, what's weird? I I probably have listened to to all of that too. The Modest Mouse is a, it was a weird band where I don't know how, but on like my iPod in two thousand eight, somehow their entire discography made its way onto it. And uh, if I ever put Shuffle on on my phone. It would just end up playing like there's like a 50 50 chance it was going to be like either a Beatles song or a Modest Mouse song somehow. <laughs> uh, just because I accidentally just downloaded the entire discography of both of them onto the thing. Nice. But, uh, no, it's pretty good. And uh, Brian, are you back? Yes. All right, there you go. Uh, we're trying to ask you earlier, we're trying to give you your fair intro right now. My uh, headphones died. Oh, that's okay. Those are important, um, man. But let us know. But, um, so who, who I've been listening to, um, I saw him, um, last Saturday, uh, John Mayer. Um, I've really been listening to him a lot. I don't know why. I just feel like he's a little bit more of a kind of a summary mood type of person. And, um, he's someone I definitely get more into when I myself try and get more creative. Because uh, he's definitely more of a creative um, writer, as much as his songs all kind of sound um, pretty simple and catchy. Um, from a from a playing perspective, uh, his songs are um, very complex. Um, I've also been listening to the Districts a lot. I've probably mentioned the name. Yeah, a you few went times to see already. them live as well too. Um, yeah, I saw them. I saw them live. Um, it it was last week on Wednesday, so it's uh, like a week and a half now. But um, yeah, and they're uh, they have a new album out. It's called um, Popular Manipulations. Yeah, yeah. And um, they they put on a great show. Um, they're from Philly, uh, and I I really love the first song of their new album. It's called Before I Wake. Um, and they put on a, a hell of a show. Um, and then I, I, I on the more um, 
research side, um, I found uh, yesterday a band called Broken Bells. That Ooh, there we go. There we go. Finally, um, someone's mentioned some good music. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. Have you um, listened to the Samstown album uh, yet, Matt? So, yes. I'm waiting for your entire opinion to change. It hasn't. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and the 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 temper trap. I don't know if you guys ever heard of yeah. them. Um, yeah. They're, yeah. They're pretty cool. Um, um, pretty awesome well. What have you been listening to? Yeah, Broken Bells. What what what? Broken Bells. The first one. How does it go? Um, no. Uh, they're they're self-titled uh, album. That's right. Isn't that their first one? Uh, I think it is. Give up the ghost oh, yeah, inside. Sure uh, the high road. Vaporize. Your head is on fire. All these songs right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Vaporize. Yeah, oh, yeah. I just search it right now. Wow, uh, that, that's that shares some lineage with Brian because he's been listening to the Shins, and that is James Mercer and Danger Mouse. Yeah, I uh, literally I'm reading the, uh, the description on iTunes again. Broken Bells right here. Mm-hmm. Uh, Broken Bells is an inspired colla- collaboration that should please fans of The Shins and Danger Mouse alike. So well, yeah. uh, I don't know. Uh, I mean, Danger well, Danger Mouse is a weird thing because the guy has the guy has some chops. He produced. He produced uh, well. The first, the first thing that brought him to note was his mashup of the Beatles' White Album and Jay Z's Black Album, <laughs> and he called it the Gray Album, <clears throat> which is cool. Um, uh, I thought I like it was. It. I thought it was interesting. Um, it didn't really illuminate either side of that uh, any differently, but I think it did show off his skill as a producer and that was what landed him the producing gig on Gorilla's second album. Hmm. Um, yeah, I've never I've never heard uh, Danger Mouse before. Uh, and then but... if and then you you guys you guys were, you know, just about to enter your teens uh, when Danger Doom was released and that's that's Danger Mouse and MF Doom and that's a whole bunch of adult swim songs and you know, one of a great producer of note at the time and one of the greatest rappers ever um doing songs that are basically hilarious and and great and it's a great album and then then he did broken bells and i also think at some point he collaborated with sparkle horse in and around this time right before the guy from the main guy of sparkle horse i think he died around this time but i think i think i think he I forgot what I forgot what he did, but like the compil or the the collaboration between those two was drastically different than anything before it, and it was actually cool. <laughs> it's just been like eight years since I've listened to it. Yeah, I, I've never heard it either, uh, but it is kind of kind of interesting too. I, I did want to ask Brian Brian uh, uh, about the the comment we also got on the the second episode with a. Uh, I think Jesse Douglas was oh, asking yeah. your thoughts so. on uh, on Cold War Kids because you mentioned Jack's Mannequin, which is, I guess, a less known uh, artist, and I guess because oh yeah, is he still technically Jack's Mannequin, or is it just Andrew McMahon, or is uh... no? So he changed his thing. Uh, this is his his third project, his third professional project, um, and that's uh, Andrew. It's Andrew McMahon in the wilderness, and um, that 
takes it was it, it was a morph of Jack's Manic and the lead the lead guitar player in Jack's uh, left uh, he still has the bass player from Jack's uh, Mikey the Kid um, and the drummer uh, Jay McMillan and then uh, he added another uh, keyboard player uh, he's he actually is a he's multi um, instrumental he plays uh, mostly does keyboards and sound effects um and um i think he actually even played some drums at at the time um yeah and uh his name is zach clark if uh people are familiar with uh the wilderness um he is the guy with the long uh hairy beard um <laughs> the thing is outrageous uh, i'm surprised though, super um, super nice guy i'm surprised well, that jesse douglas was able to call because i actually Fun fact, one of the, f- the first times we ever talked, me and you, Brian, in a class or whatever, like the first time we kind of met besides the time I threw you in the tree, uh, yeah. <laughs> you were wearing Cold War Kids first shirt dates. there too. Uh, and yeah, I remember because I, I was like, I, was. I like that band a lot. And I think it's like just as I was figuring, like starting to listen to Cold War Kids a lot. And uh, Cold War Kids, I, um, I found them. Um, I guess on itunes and oh no i actually i have to give a shout out to um to uh francesca she actually showed me um she's a good friend of mine um <laughs> she, <laughs> i like how uh, i like how he jumps to that defense like we're just supposed to just, you're just basically saying um ask me about francesca <laughs> yeah anyway um, You're like one of those she, guys uh, at Best she, Buy. Please ask me how you can save money. <laughs> <laughs> but no, uh, yeah, no. she actually she showed me uh, "Mine Is Yours" um, off of um, I think they, uh, off that same album called uh, "Mine Is Yours," uh, yeah. and that album by them, I personally think, is one of. Um, their their best albums um but then they they really do have um some some really other killer songs off uh other albums uh for sure yeah, so I think they uh, did a really good cover came out about nine years ago yeah they they did just do a cover of uh love on the brain by uh no no they did uh they did um no, they did um, a good. They did. I believe it was them that they did um, a cover of Major Tom by Pete Schilling from the eighties. Mm. Uh, they did that about nine years ago. It was in a commercial. Mm, shit. Cool. Yeah, they um, and then they just released a new album um, a couple months ago. It's called uh, La Divine. Uh, and of course, as a musician, I can relate to this. You know, when you put out music, it's like my my newest stuff is my best stuff. Uh, and that's what I, I've been hearing a lot lately, uh, especially f- from them, which which is good. But uh, I, I still think um, "Mine Is Yours" is like one of my my f- favorite albums from them. Yeah. Uh, and ro- uh, "Robbers, Robbers and Cowards" is um, also a very, very, very good album by them. Yeah. Um, but, Isn't yeah, their most Jesse, popular one "Hold My Home" or something like that, right? Uh, yeah, "Hold My sure Home" came out in 2014. Uh, first, 
was like I think it got caught up in a movie, um, like a like a Nicholas Sparks e type of movie, um, and that was like the 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 anthem of the uh, movie, and they uh, really started to get popular after that. I, I, I'm actually seeing them September 13th, Bri, and I have an extra ticket. Oh, all right, uh, yeah, let's so go. you're um, <laughs> it's in um, it, it's in Central Park with uh, Young the Giant too i don't know if you know that. cool um, yeah yeah definitely but that should be a pretty pretty good show um i've seen cold war kids uh a total i checked my my uh ticket count before we came on today and um I, i've seen them six times um and then three <laughs> of those times i have been at terminal five the last the last three times they came to new york they played yeah. at t- t- terminal five Terminal five in the city and um they they're a band that if you go to their show, everybody knows the words. You know, it's it's. It, yeah. That is fun though. Like even uh, it, I think that well, makes, no, it's great. Uh, they have really dedicated fans for, for sure. For for any band though, or for any artist, I think you need that one song that everyone can actually sing along to. How much does that bring a crowd to life? I mean, like when the Killers play "Mr. Brightside," it just kind of. Even if I've heard this song a million times, the fact that everyone knows the words to the song makes yeah, it a it fun atmosphere. Or, and I think yeah. that for, for any song, like if it's a super, super uh, intense, or not intense, but like, uh, I'm going to go with the word intense, like atmosphere there, having a song that everyone can like jump up and, and sing along to is always a good song. Yeah, and I mean, from an artist's perspective too, it's, um, I've... I've had it to a smaller degree where I'll be in the car and I even saw you last night at my show singing the words and it's like yeah I sing it, every, I know all the it, words it, it, yeah and 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 you know from the bottom of my heart I I, I thank you because it's like um, it is it is really rewarding um, and and satisfying to to see people do that and then to be in a room of of you know. Two, three, five thousand people, um, and they're all singing along. You know, that's that would uh, that'd be super yeah. cool if I could ever do that. You know, I I always think back to the video from, I it's Mumford and Sons actually. I think they play White Blank Page live, and this is a while ago, right as they're starting to get very popular. And I think he sees a room of like two thousand people all singing his song together with him and you can see he gets like emotional on stage and I can't even imagine that feeling where something that you create now resonates that strongly with this many people the crowd and like the atmosphere that you are the one creating and yeah I can't for doing back-to-back shows uh brian just played james arlo on was it friday, friday night and then at, at the delancey and then uh saturday well, night last played. night yeah at amendment 18 over here on satin island and uh both shows went off pretty much without a hitch it was it, it was uh you know it, 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 it was fun 
the uh, the suds also played too. Another shout out. Oh to yeah, him. the sud. Yeah, we play. Yeah, we play. I think suds, I've gone uh, to all of his shows right. now. <laughs> I, I, uh, so I, I think I I'm a super fan, stayed. right? Well, yeah, you know that's what that's that's what happens when they get famous. You could just go on tour with them. Yeah. Matt, how often do you go out to, uh, how often do you get to go see shows, too? Uh, never, actually. <laughs> never. I was going to well, say, because I, I mean, like that's, so that's, often. That's the one, the, I'm, I'm not saying I don't think shows are valid. I don't prefer them. Really? Um, that's just not my thing. You're, you're strictly to the records. I think I, that's it. You are literally well, addicted to vinyl. Well, for me, music is something that, I mean, A, um, most of the bands I like are either are either not coming around or um, or I've missed their tour because I work three jobs. Um, healthcare is really real. Um, <laughs> yeah. But I've, like, the last, the last, Two shows I went to were like three years ago. I went and saw Yola Tango after they released their album Fade. And I saw Caribou right after he released his album um, Our Love. And those two shows were like in the same week. Yeah. Um, those are bands that like Caribou is a band I've I've been a fan of since the early 2000s. Um, I missed their first release, but like I think the only band that came close to doing what Boards of Canada does, um, Caribou's first album did. Uh, they've yeah. not they've not been anything close to that since, and uh, they're all the better for it. Well, I really like uh, going to live shows, not only to, to see the artist and action, you know, witness a good show. But I think I really like to see the openers and the other artists that are surrounding the headliner, too. Just as a way to find more artists as well. Like, uh, recently, Brian and I went to L1011, which is uh, one of my favorite uh, bands. That, like, no doubt in my mind. It's And the show itself also, I, I need to say, was, it was mind-blowingly yeah. good. Watching, I don't know if you know L1011, Matt. I don't. Um it is a they're they're not they had one really popular song called My Only Swerving, but they're they're in, all their work is incredible. Uh, they're an instrumental band, an instrumental rock band, uh, and it's a duo, two guys, one guy on drums, one guy that plays a guitar, bass. I don't know what you call it, the dual guitar, bass, like mm-hmm. double know, neck, one yeah, thing, double neck. Uh, and then he has like a bunch of loop pedals and distortion stuff, and he creates like his own just masterpiece and it, it it's obviously written out but it almost feels like he's just kind of making cool stuff as he's going like uh it's really really cool to witness as well but outside of that uh even the the opener for him i think it was pete international yeah. airport uh i really like them as well too and just see other uh other artists i think it's uh and i mean too to just but. to be in like, a room or a space with people that share a same connection as you uh in my opinion is is one of the reasons that i go to shows to to um almost feel like i belong somewhere and that that might be weird but but um that's not weird that's not that's not weird at all um i actually well see and the the thing is like and and i'm sorry to just interrupt you raleigh but 
I feel like that is what should happen at a show. That's never happened for me. Mm. Um, and I think that's more because uh, I'm old enough to not like people anymore. <laughs> um, and and personally, like the over the past over the past fourteen years I've been in Philly, like the the bands I've gone to see, like there's quite it's quite possible that I've not been to good performances of theirs and like also I I appreciate the the majesty of studio production um hmm. and you know I also but I can also see the other point well if they can't do it live what's the point um but I will also point you to any other band that you think is good enough to do that live. And, and I could, there's only one band that I can't physically show my work on that. Um, and that's the Beatles because when they started doing all their studio wizardry stuff, they stopped touring. Yeah. Like from revolver on, they stopped touring because there's no way they were going to do Sergeant Pepper live. Are you crazy? <laughs> There's no way. Yeah. No way in hell. I never actually thought about this, too. Yeah, that would be a little insane to even imagine how they would go about like, it. And, uh, like, I mean, I like I mean, I mean, like the idea of a live album. Um, I don't always like them, and it's really hard for a live album to really get me on side. I feel like with your love for Bob Dylan, though, I feel like he... or, or Oh, dude, have you heard some of his live stuff? I have, and I don't. It's a little ugly sometimes. Yeah, I, like. I mean, like I appreciate uh, like his his bootleg series that he's had going for the past. Um, I don't know, eternity. Yeah. Um, some of those are are interesting. Like it's nice to have the to be able to listen to the performance where that guy called him a Judas because he plugged in an electric guitar. That's a that's a cool piece of pop culture ephemera that serves its purpose for the ten seconds it exists. Um, am I going to listen to that for any other thing than that, or maybe the version of "Tell Me Mama" that is the only one released that's actually a good song that motherfucker should have recorded but didn't. <laughs> um, but yeah, like live albums are are are. Are a You're weird right. thing, and and like and like and like Raleigh's, and like Raleigh, like you said, you know, it's it's cool to be in that space for a brief moment with people that are really interested. Um, and like, and I always wanted that, but I I've I've when I was uh, at mixdown.com, I was able to go to several shows and get in and be like deep in the crowd and I never felt more alone in my life. Um, hmm. If you know the band Islands, um, their first their first album was probably one of the first really good albums I got to review. Um, and I when they toured, like they wouldn't give us an interview, but they but they gave me tickets to a show. So I'm like, I'll go see Islands. Um, I went, I was deep in the crowd and it was, it was, they put on such a good show, but all I saw around me, and I was, I was 27 at the time, 26, 27. All I saw were like 21, 22 year olds looking to people to score drugs. <laughs> and I'm like, Mother 
Or wait to score drugs till after the show. There's going to be after parties. Come on. It's a Friday night in Phila goddamn Delphia. You'll be able to get drugs. This yeah, just, I don't think you need to worry about that. Yeah. Either. But, uh... No, I think uh, venues do play a huge part in uh, a show being a yeah. good show too, and the crowd obviously. I, I, needs I haven't to, really to been to a good too. venue in Philly. Um, I'm not gonna. Si- I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna sit here with your New York goddamn bias. You guys not, are terrible in I'm Philly. I'm not gonna stand Let's idly go, by. Rangers. Dun, 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 dun. What'd you say? <laughs> no, I mean, like, did you say Let's Go Rangers? Yeah. Oh, okay. I thought you were saying Glasgow Rangers. I'm like, what the, this isn't a soccer show. What are you doing? Um, <laughs> but like, I like Union Transfer. I like First Unitarian Church. Um, the yeah, Electric it, Factory has it, its depending on the, the depending on the band. Like the Electric Factory has its moment. Yes, I I, I I've seen a show at Union Transfer and and an Electric Factory. And before you caught me off, I was gonna say. Those um, are probably the, the the two best venues I've been to in Philly. Yeah, I apologize, I that, Raleigh. Um, but it all really matters how much you like a band. I I, I I feel like being a critic and going to a show is a lot different than going to see Bob Dylan, who you really enjoy. You know, what I'm I saying? wouldn't go um, see Dylan now if you paid me. <laughs> yeah, I'm not that's a bad example. I, I get the point that Brian's making, though. No, I'm. I, uh, but see, like, like, I, I, I love like Islands. I love tickets. their first album. I love TV on the radio and Grizzly Bear and Broken Social Scene. All of those, I got to go see. I love Justice when they were good. Their first album, I got to go see them, and that, those were those were fantastic times. But again, like my, I wouldn't have gone to see them if I had reviewed the albums poorly. Yeah, um, well, I would have just like opted out. Very interesting though, with your love for uh, for like recorded and like processed uh, 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 albums as opposed to live albums, because I'm I'm gonna try and fake segue this into our topic for the show. <laughs> uh, fake segue, in, right? get ready for it. Uh, so in. like overly uh, overly scripted things uh, and uh, a whole process. For that. videos and how much they kind of change the industry and uh just the the evolution of the entire uh range of music videos as well too and the death of uh, them because they basically don't exist anymore yeah. <laughs> at least well, not in the way not in the different. way they did not in the way they no, did no, very very they different. were there to to make an influence about the band and the song and now they're they're not i mean i'll, I'll give you an example um jacks madigan back to him of course um he um off his first album uh with jacks madigan uh, uh they were on the show matt you probably remember the show uh one tree hill mm-hmm. so they uh, unfortunately yes my memory has not erased that <laughs> yeah yeah um so 
that was one of like the biggest shows in the early 2000s or mid 2000s. I think it started in 2005 or something. Um, and in one of the episodes, um, he uh, he comes to Tree Hill and uh, plays a song. Um, and then a couple of episodes later, that same song is is in the show describing what is going on. Um, and that transferred to actually be the music video for that song. And um, I, I felt like that was like the coolest thing. Uh, like as a kid, that was, I, I, I was just like, that's what I want to do. I want to write a song that is in a show yeah. that makes like me, uh, that reflects exactly how, how I'm feeling because you know these two, two people, uh, TV writers and songwriters, never met each other, found this song and was like, hey, like this reflects exactly what our characters are going through, and um, they 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 decide to make the part of the, the episode, um, the music video and i feel like that was 2000 i want to say to 2005 yeah. because there's six because then he got sick and um and unfortunately yeah, that project yeah. didn't really launch uh too far but um yeah that that concept though i think is interesting though yeah now, the, the, you don't really the see the way that, that tv yeah, but the way that TV writers, or it, you kind of do anyway, but the uh, the two fields of production with video and audio, like really, really merging really strongly. And this started in the 80s, and I, I feel like you, you can't talk about this without the start of MTV in 1981. Uh, that is where it begins, right? And I feel like, Matt, you're old. Uh, <laughs> what, uh, what do you feel uh, like... Get off my lawn, Spagnoli. <laughs> Growing up in the '80s, though, though too, uh, do you feel like is there any specific music videos or like what are your thoughts on this? Uh, 1980s music videos—it's where everything well, starts to come well, alive. Well, nah, I mean, music videos existed before the '80s. They existed, but it's—it's um, it's MTV. That in fact, created. just to just to just to continue the theme, one of the very first music videos ever was done by Bob Dylan. Yeah. Subterranean Homesick Homesick Blues. You know what he did? In excess for their video for um, Mediate or Need You Tonight slash Mediate because no one wanted to watch the fucking Mediate video because it was actually boring. Um, For Subterranean Homesick Blues, it's just Dylan with uh, cards with words on them that are generally all of the words that rhyme or like statements there and it's just him dropping them and he's just looking at the camera he's not singing he's just dropping them um yeah. and then you know Wait, so is it music playing yeah. or is it just like yeah subterranean homesick yeah. blues is which playing. i feel like we um but back for it's not now i mean kind of yeah in some ways yeah but uh, but but the but the thing is like i think um, music video was actually an odd happy accident that was born out of the um, avant-garde short film. Um, there's a there's a director called Stan Bracage, French dude, uh, who released 
like hundreds of short films. Most of them are seconds long rather than minutes. And usually he's just sort of exploring a technique. There's not really a narrative. Yeah. There's not That's really what a, a start lot of finish. Uh, the early early and, video was like. And like the and like the early 80s videos were an extension of that and there was a guy the guy who directed um, the video that launched uh, MTV. I don't remember his name, um, but it, the video is "Video Killed the Radio Star" by the Buggles. Oh, yeah. Um, he he basically had a philosophy like the more distance between the video and the song, the better. And, really. And and the reason the reason for that was. Well, I'm, this is, these aren't his words. These are my words. Um, I feel like the reason for that is it becomes more timeless that way. Um, yeah, I guess if you make things... Generally, I'd say if you make things any more abstract in any way, you kind of create that sense where it can be used for so many different situations and, and referenced and, and as like a way to express more. Because... Just more. And it's and videos took on a really weird, they have a really weird popularity arc. Like, um, they don't the ones that the ones that really that really stick out are generally the ones that were done by artists that took the medium uh, with a certain degree of seriousness. Like uh, in the early two thousands, VH one did a hundred greatest videos ever made. And like the the number one is Thriller by Michael Jackson. There's no argument about that. Um, yeah, not not because not because not because it's a good song. Because Thriller is not a good song. It's it's not. It is complete and utter nonsense. <laughs> like if you read those lyrics, you're trying to ruin ruin Halloween for me now. No, I'm not, not okay with it. No, no, because I w- I was there when that video was released. My family watched it in my grandmother's house, and I ran from the room screaming. It scared <laughs> the crap out of me. Uh-huh. <laughs> and but like you know, uh, yeah. Madonna's "Express Yourself." Um, that video does not match up with the song in any way. Um, it's a and it's a cool video because of the technique that's taken. Whereas with the Michael Jackson thing, it's the guys like the 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 guy like the guys like okay, I want to do this in a video rather than. Well, but it's such an incredibly well done, like the the, the choreography of a thriller and just. The choreography, the special effects, the direction of it, the the fact that it leans into some of its own bullshit, like it's great. <laughs> um, and and John Landis, uh, a great director, was was perfect for that. Um, there, are, but like in the early to mid '90s, when when uh, boy bands and and pop princesses started making their unceremonious return. Um, <laughs> And I and and I have different thoughts on that now because I actually think there's a certain beauty to that sort of concept uh, when it's done right. But in the '90s, it was not done right. Um, <laughs> but with Total Request Live, um, you know that was a that was a, a systemic um, opportunity to kill off music videos for MTV. I don't think that they launched that show with the intent of doing that. 
But I think there was a point where MTV realized we're we're playing things that are made by other people that are causing artists to make money, but we're not making any money on this. Yeah. And because if they made money by playing music videos, it becomes uh, the radio scandal in the 50s uh, called payola, where people are paying so their records get played. Um, and there were good videos made at that time, and there were bad videos, and the latter outnumbered the former considerably, um, mainly because all we got really was... Um, you had the boy bands who were titillation for 12 to 16 year old girls. And then you had the girl groups or your Britney Spears, your Christina Aguilera, <laughs> your Hillary Duffs. Um, all those were, were to titillate the young men as well as the old men, because that was when dirty old men w was a thing. Um, well, it's not like they went away. Yeah, I mean, they didn't. They they're they're not gone. Now, but <laughs> but, I th but you know, I I worked at Best Buy at the time, and it was weird seeing a lot of late forties men pick up "Hit Me, Baby, One More Time" on single, and and they're like, "Oh, my daughter <laughs> yeah, loves this." Like, yeah, yeah okay. sure. Do. Um, <laughs> how far? You know, how and, far do you live from a school? And I'm I'm. <laughs> yeah right <laughs> and I'm I'm sad that music videos are gone because the ones that really made well, you I think I totally they're not gone man well they still yes, exist okay okay oh, they're gone from the popular conscience now yeah. your and Raleigh's sphere is way different than mine it's interesting I don't know I don't like, see they're Gone. And I'm not and I'm not being pejorative by saying this, but I feel like YouTube is a significant part of your day. Yeah, where I, would, where I am outside that demographic where it has become that. Um, well, no, I, I feel like YouTube is just kind of second nature as a as a platform. Like this is where video content lies and exactly. where you go to get it. Uh, but I think the way I, I can kind of agree that has music videos drifted from like the the public spotlight a little bit yeah i mm -hmm. i totally can't say that it has entirely though but i think when music videos are done now more often they're done in large projects and things that i'm thinking of right now is recently beyonce's lemonade album her like i don't know what you want to call? I don't know if you've seen. Yeah, but her, that's uh, a that's a different that's a different thing. That's not like I, it's, that's it's not like our own Raleigh trying to I, release a video for her, for a song. It is a, essentially a music video album, though. Uh, You're right. Yes, but it, it's very, Beck did very that odd. ten years ago, and I I'm still going to consider that a music video. And I think this is kind of the trend or whatever to make bigger projects. Another uh, example I can think of, just off the top of my head. Uh, is an arcade fire, uh, the suburbs. I think it is. Uh, yeah, they're third. The, uh, yeah. And they, I think it's like three songs in a row, and they kind of create like a narrative, and it's a whole, mm -hmm. it's a full story. Yeah, but then uh, you get, but then you get like you get to like R. Kelly's trapped in the closet, and that was some bullshit. <laughs> like from a video standpoint and a song yeah. standpoint, I don't know why people like that so much. That it was I mean, garbage. But then there there's are all terrible there, music videos. But yeah. there's also Frank Ocean, who no. what was it? Was it last year or two years ago, where he released Blonde? But then the week before he dropped Blonde, he dropped Endless, which was a 
which was basically a video album. Yeah. But he didn't release that in any other way. He's like, I have this. And like everyone thought, oh, that's the new Frank Ocean. Then he dropped Blonde. And like, whoa, that's the new yeah. Frank Ocean. That's just. I think it's the video thing. And really, really interesting, though, with. Uh, because I, I, I really can't agree that music videos have drifted very far from the public spotlight. I think it's it's very, very different how an audience can can get music videos you have to really actively search yeah it's out not it's not you know yeah I mean? that's more well, my point it's not easy anymore unless it becomes well, viral like, itself uh i feel like the audience perception has changed i i, I feel like there was a, a certain point in time where people respected the art of the video and now it's <laughs> like uh, i want to see taylor swift you know, grow wings in a music video and fly away. Oh, look at what and you made like, me do. Like, look at what you made you know, me do. <laughs> <laughs> that ha- I think that has it. nothing to do with, with her song. And, yes. and it's, and it's all just now I feel like it's all just a competition when you do do a video of who could do the like craziest video. Yeah. You know who did the craziest video? video? I'll tell you who did the craziest video. There are two videos that jump out into my head as the craziest videos I've ever seen. One is Robbie Williams, uh, rock DJ, where he's basically ripping his skin off the entire video. What is this? Yeah. Robbie Williams. <laughs> Robbie Williams, DJ. rock DJ. <laughs> that the is a weird DJ. goddamn video. And then the other yeah, one I'm is... Already, um, I'm already frightened just looking at the thumbnail for this. Yeah, the other one is uh, um, Uncle, Rabbit in Your Headlights. Um, that video was banned from MTV for being... Get oh, this. I think I know about this one, actually. <laughs> it was banned. Like, um, they tried, they're like, yeah, like MTV... It, it, that video, like... Uncle and DJ Shadow were like, at, at the time, and this was early internet, like, oh, MTV won't release our video. We don't know why. And we've edited it like five times. They still won't release it. And then MTV had to release a statement saying, it's just too weird. <laughs> yeah. Like, we're not yeah. sure what this is. We're not sure. I mean, and then, it, then you know, eventually you get you know, Radiohead doing Karma Police, which is about a car chasing people <laughs> on the road, <Yeah. laughs> which is fine, I guess. But, um, the, the, you know, and I I liked from my time, I mean, the, my time with the video, uh, a very long time, because uh, I'm that old, <laughs> was, yes, cool, was cool because, like, I liked the fact that when I was, between the ages of like four and ten, MTV was banned in my house. Really? And I had to sneak watches. Like it was like I was getting away with something. Why was MTV banned in your house? Uh, because just... my parents thought I was a dumb kid. And it was just there's a there's a David Lee Roth video called Just a Gigolo. He's covering two Louis Prima songs. Um, he covers I Ain't Got Nobody and Just a Gigolo. And there's a point in the video where the background dancers are on fire and dancing. And apparently there was a news story of some kid in his living room watching said video and decided, oh, I'm going to set myself on fire and I'm going to be a David Lee Roth dancer. (laughs) Um, My parents 
said, um, we won't let you watch this because we don't want you setting yourself on fire. I'm like, but I don't want to set myself on fire. They're like, we don't know that. And I'm like, I okay. know that hurts. <laughs> <laughs> like I know fire burns. It is interesting though how uh the perception of certain mediums people will be overly cautious thinking like oh, if then you, you want this, you know what the first what CD I ever bought for myself was not the first cassette. That was London Calling by The Clash. The first CD I ever bought myself I bought two. I bought the CD single for Baby Got Back. Yep. And I bought the Boys in the Hood soundtrack. <laughs> Wait, what? What? And my mother was okay with this, but she thought I was going to set myself on fire in the mid 80s. Yeah. Well, it is a really, really interesting. And this is actually part of what I study in school, too. And it's something called the media effects theory. And it's the idea. And it's a very, very odd thing. In fact, most of my professors uh, put a, this unofficial ban on the media effects theory. You're not allowed to make it in any of the classes. And essentially, you're not allowed to say people will see this on TV and then this they will do this. That is not a valid like uh, analysis. Because Despite so how other... obvious it is. Yeah. So many other factors go into play. I mean, there's a reason like I, I'm not going to get into this whole thing right now. But yeah, you. Oh, no, I know. What you, I know where you're something. going, Spags. I know where you're going. And I feel like it's best we stay away from it, too. Yeah. You're not gonna see something and replicate it purely because of what you. You just it's it's so many other things need to happen for something like that to happen. And I do think um, it's interesting when for for music and I even think for video games that, that debate happens all the time that video games are gonna cause kids oh, to be violent, God. which is obviously false. Which uh, has been proven I false say time that and time again. Um, but people went through the same thing with comic books, uh, rock music, rap music. Uh, that these things are like volatile to like the human consciousness or something, mm-hmm. which is just insanity when you think about the absolutely awful things that have been written in books for the last ten thousand years. I mean, oh yeah, and somehow those those books aren't going to cause uh, cause people to do crazy things. And I might argue that the books are more likely to cause you to do crazy things. But, yeah, yeah, we're worried. Um, we're worried that some kid is going to set himself on fire for a David Lee Roth video. Yet Mein Kampf is allowed to be on bookshelves. Yeah, I mean, it's so just, that's just one small example, but like so much. And uh, the idea that these things are going to cause like mass hysteria is, is ridiculous, though, too. And I think even with music videos, too, like it's not you're given the music and extended perception or preview or mm-hmm. I don't know how you'd like to call it. Uh, but it's not going to do anything that's that volatile to anyone, too. It's not uh, it is purely there to literally enhance the experience a bit, too, which uh it is really, really interesting, too. I think also, uh, as we're getting close to the end of the show right now, too, I, we can't go into this topic about music videos without discussing, I think, the OK Go uh, music video from 2008. Oh, if we're uh, doing this, I got one more thing to discuss afterwards. All right, all right fine. Because we'll get to that. the OK Go. I'm just going to say it. Why Fuck do you it. like OK? Well, all right, all right. I'm not even getting into that. You hate it. <laughs> 
<laughs> just no, 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 no. You know what? You wonder why I hate the OK Go because I had to learn the lyrics to their songs in the mid two thousands because my friends and I played rock band, and oh. when I learned when I learned those lyrics, I'm like, man, people like this. And my buddy Abe's like, yeah, I love this song. I'm like, this is yeah. dumb as fucking hell. Here it goes again. I remember playing the same thing on rock band. Oh, with my it's friends terrible. All the time. No, and then I and, and see, and I played that before I saw the video, and then I saw the video, and I literally wished I wasn't afraid of guns because I would have blew my <laughs> brains out. No, but think about this though. So that OK Go music video, um, it's 2008. YouTube is only a, what maybe a year or two old at this point. Three years right? old. Uh, yeah. So. What? No, it might have been only a year or two. You're right. I'm sorry. I think it might have came out. I'm pretty sure YouTube started in 2006, but regardless, uh, YouTube's a little bit of a newish thing. OK Go releases this this video, and it explodes, and it has to quadruple their popularity. In quadruple, okay. only quad. You're stopping at four. Uh, uh, really? All right. I don't know what what, what sing quintuple. Uh, that how that do you say? that that. Exponentially increase their popularity. Happy, okay? Better, yes. All right. Um, And it's such a simple concept. It's so, it's stupid. It really is a stupid idea, but I think it's fun. It's really, really fun. It's unique. No one else is going to do something this odd. And if you've seen any of the other OK Go videos, they kind of stick to that same mantra too, where. They are just, they're different and odd, but they really, really stick out. I forget exactly the name of the song, but they have a music video, uh, and it's recorded with like 20 different cameras in high speed, and the music video itself is only, I think, seven seconds long, but then they slow it down to super slow-mo and go through this whole giant, uh, like, uh, uh, panorama of an entire room with so many different explosions and crazy things happening and that's something that's really cool too it, and it's also something that it's not very complex I mean they're just kind of blowing off confetti and like throwing paint at sh- uh, it's not but it looks cool in slow motion and it also All kind concepts of concepts that are not new <laughs> yeah I won't say they're new but it just is saying. really cool to see uh, well, like with and, the with the with the here it goes again video, they basically did what Jamiroquai did uh, for virtual. Yeah, insanity. but I mean, if I, I mean, if you want to talk yeah. about that that entire video, but the one difference is it's multiple people I mean, rather than just you one. You want to talk about what people yeah. have done over and over again? That that is music. I know. I don't. Don't I, you get? Don't you get? No, I mean, I like me, Brian Raleigh. <laughs> <laughs> you're gonna tell me I. You're gonna sit here and think that I, thing is, as old and aged as I am, think there's an original <laughs> no, idea left the in this society. Is, the, the hey, thing hey, is, let's, all right, I am the original let's do it better right than it than it was. I mean, if you can. Okay, if yeah. you're going to sit here and tell me that Here It Goes Again is better than Virtual Insanity, I will quote the show right now. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not even going to argue with this, but more popular. But more popular doesn't mean better. Reach I, I mean, people. I think we could all disagree. I, that. Not, I mean, this is the most like philosophical subjective thing, though. But like, 
it, okay, it, bro, it's Raleigh, you just you just I mean, untriggered me. Thank I, I, you. I mean, we all, I think we could all say that we don't like Taylor Swift here, right? I mean, nothing personal against her. Just her music is pretty garbage, right? <laughs> like, she's more popular than the districts, or more popular. Well, than, this he, now. Yeah. He, he, here's you, here's you like Taylor thing. Swift? I think her. No, 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 no. Hold on. Hold on. <laughs> Matt's like, don't put words in my mouth. Don't say Hold something on. so bad. No, I I think that as Taylor Swift has moved into pop, Fake. rather than Fake country, doing yeah. the country she started out doing, her yeah, music has gotten better. Yeah. I'll, but. I'll agree with that. Like, I don't think, she, I don't think, I don't no. think she's a lyricist. Um, I and I feel like every Grammy she's nominated for further reduces the credibility of that already uncredible show. And and I feel like there are more people um, that have something to say actually than she does. Because really she is what? Late 20s Mid-to-late we'll late call 20s, it? Yeah. Something around that. Late tw- I mean, at most mid thirties, and she's still set. She's still doing teeny bopper pop songs. Sorry. Yeah. Well, Cle- I think I'll say you're this, going back I think to the Taylor well again. Swift is not in this as much as an artist, and and she is very talented. She's in this more, figure, I think, as, as a, a business like opportunity. She is very very smart. She understands oh, yeah. what she's doing. She understands what she's making, uh, and she knows. That it's just what she's going to be able to sell, I think, more than anything else. And All I that think being her said, stuff though, no, is don't very you defend genuine. it, Spec? No, oh, God damn it! I'm oh, not. God, I'm not God. joking. I feel like oh, that is where she probably wants to be more. You know, I'd come to Shaolin and and beat the piss out of you right now. <laughs> but I, if I once I got to Shaolin, I'd be so happy. It being in the home of my beloved Wu Tang clan, that I would forget all about it. Yeah. <clears throat> um, uh, so you're lucky, Spags. No. All right. Um, all right. I'm not gonna have no, to lock. Her, 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 the 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 country she did was not fucking genuine. There was nothing Ooh. genuine about that at all. Period. Okay. End of story. Period, and if you and if we and if we had more time, I'd show my work. Um. <laughs> but. Do you think it's in uh, that same realm? Then she's just kind of doing it. She's doing what Bo Burnham was talking about. She was yeah. pandering. Yeah. Because, I, I mean, she's basically Creed, except for country. <laughs> like, Creed okay. tried to package themselves as a born-again Christian freaking band, and then they got poppy. They got popular with the alternative crowd because, for some reason, Scott Stapp, people thought he sounded like Eddie Vedder, and they're like, oh, we can get behind this guy. And, like, no, you can't because it's bullshit. And yeah, I think now I could hate on Taylor Swift for a show in itself. All of that said, for some reason, I well, really like I the mean, song she style. Has some, like, I don't know cool why. Cool things about yeah. some of her songs. Well, uh, the "Shake It Off" thing, like that's I despise that song. But the uh, horn section and that, like to hear all hey, right? I mean, no, like. Sh- you know, but the, the haters the, gonna hate. No, I'm not doing it. <laughs> to, to hear a whoever produced that was a genius because to hear a horn section in in a pop song. Yeah. I mean, maybe besides Bruno Mars, you don't hear that. 
Oh, fuck Bruno Mars. I'll say that right now. <laughs> fuck his police prince imitating ass. Oh, God. But um, um, I will actually say this, too. And, back, and baby. for Taylor Swift right now, um, as this... I, no, she done fucked back. up with this new song. She done well, fucked up. Hang on. Like, so this I new agree song with Patrick Klepik of Waypoint, where he said, you know, Car- you know, Carla Ray Jepsen, it might be time for you to ascend your to your pop pop throne at this point because T Swift <laughs> yeah. fucked up. Well, so her most recent song is "Look What You Made Me Do," right? I'm pretty sure that's the name of it. Uh, I know. I, I let me double check this right now i'm pretty sure it just set the record for music videos as well the music video to that song was about 20 million views uh it set the streaming well, I, record I mean, think about it though. yeah yeah for for youtube at least yeah uh, no yeah no in, yeah in i don't want to no i don't want to talk but, about that bullshit until she has you? a until she until a preview <laughs> for one of her videos becomes a television event I don't want to. T- I don't want to hear about it until it becomes McGregor fucking Mayweather. All right. Okay. All because, right. Well, so listen to this though. This streaming. Bo- I mean, I'm sorry. I may. I. I I'll, I'll age myself even more on this goddamn show. <laughs> streaming is bullshit because it doesn't. Well, because you only have to listen to the thirty seconds of the song. And, exactly. And it, and it because it only stream, takes so. thirty seconds of a song for someone to know. Nope, I don't like this. Click. But that person got their. They they got their stat. Yeah, um, yeah, and not to mention they got no money, but they got their stat. They got their stat, but then eventually that turns that enough people do that, it turns into a platinum record, which gets them money. Yeah, which is yeah. F- well, so yeah, she got twenty million views in twenty four hours, which is uh, I think the fastest a music video has but ever I mean, gotten. In she has hours. a lot of fans. I mean, she was yeah, one of the youngest people to to do a stadium tour. She was like 16 when she was doing it. Her and Justin Bieber. Oh, Jesus, God, no. We're just making me angry now. Can <laughs> you, you don't, it's terrible. You know, I never thought favorite, I'd say this. I never thought I'd say this. Can we go back to the OK Go? <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. Seriously. Come on. I don't know why you don't like OK Go, too. That rock band song was great. I remember playing it all night. Like yeah, but you were, times. A, you were a child. You, well, you're still a child, but you were even more hey, of a child I was, then. I was like what, 12 when that when I was playing. It was, it was good. Uh, oh, damn. Yeah. <laughs> I was in the age range to play that. It was rated I'm E for say, everyone, Matt. I, I'm not saying you're not. <laughs> it was spend, rated E, I'm yeah. I'm not saying you're not. It's just, it's, it's one of those oh, things that just, it, it really is absolutely hilarious to me, the fact that. I like I like where we're all at in our lives. Um, I don't. I feel like I, there's undue pressure on me being the sage old person. <laughs> yeah. But but I, I I still like these conversations. But I do want to say, if we're going to mention the OK Go, I really think um, the one the one remaining part of Michael Jackson's legacy is his impact on the music video. Um, and it didn't start with thriller. It actually started when he and his brothers reunited for, uh, for a couple of albums. Um, one of them was called triumph and that had a single called, can you feel it? Um, that sort of, there was a, there was a bit of Tron in that video. Um, it's, it's really not, it's not great, but it, it was clear that like, 
Michael Jackson probably took some things from that experience um, yeah, doing that. Yeah. And then, you know, he evolved to... But so there was a, a music video with that. Uh, yes. Because I, I, I was going to agree with you when you were saying, like, Michael Jackson was the, like, what really... I mean, really MTV is video. really the house that he built. Like, we could yeah, talk well, about the buggles. Thriller, though, t- I feel like that's where it starts, where it... It's no, in that same... that's not where it starts. Well, he had to evolve to get there. Billy where Jean, did he begin? where did he he began with his brothers on "Can You Feel It," hmm. and then um, did that he... release before? Yes, this was in the seventies. Okay, um, I believe his first video on MTV was either "Don't Stop Till You Get Enough" from "Off the Wall" or "Rock With You" from "Off the Wall," and both of those. From that, they showed they showed somebody at work, and they're like, "I'm gonna try this, 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 and this, and see what happens." Don't stop till you get enough. He had green screen. Um, Can you feel it? Had early CGI in it. Um, Beat it had a story more than any video he had done previously. Billy Jean had a story as well as uh, visual techniques, and then all of that sort of was taken into um, the effect of thriller. Yeah. And and he really he really went on from there in ways that were interesting, absurd and awe-inspiring often all at the same time. Um, yeah. shortly after he died and this is a shameless plug on my part, I wrote a story for where I worked uh, at mixdown.com. Um, it's called it's called Moonwalker, Michael Jackson and the music video. And basically, I, I I basically watched him work throughout his career through music videos. You know, you could call him what you want. He had plenty of names: the King of Pop, Thriller, and towards the end of his career, Wacko Jacko, Pedophile, <laughs> or the Gloved One. Um, my personal favorite was always Moonwalker because uh, I'll never forget when I when I watched him moonwalk on Motown 25, and that was something that I didn't even know was possible walking backwards like that. And I was one of those dumb suburban white kids walk moonwalking. Everywhere I could, because I was because I was that dumb white kid. But um, I posted, I embedded a lot of videos in that article. A lot of it is out of date now because this was done in two thousand nine. Um, that man did more for the music video than anybody before or since. Well, he's done so much for music generally. I was just going to mention too. No, I'm he really surprised. hasn't. I that's actually unfair. He's really yeah. not done that much because everything everything he did musically was derivative, and I don't okay. have a problem saying that. I don't think I don't think on his earlier albums like uh, Off the Wall and, and Thriller because those are his first those are your first two solo albums. <laughs> like yeah. the first two where you have complete control. How does that happen? But like those two albums are like his peak. Like and, and and anybody who wants to call me up on the fucking album where he did Ben or or whatever before when he was at Motown, he wasn't in control. That was Big Daddy Barry Gordy just saying, Hey, do it this way, otherwise we won't make any money. Um yeah. and then he teamed up with Quincy Jones, changed uh American music as the 
as it was at the time. Um, I think bad is not great. Dangerous is even worse. And then he just got worse after that. But I'm not even getting into this whole thing now. This is all offering another episode. If you look at, if you look at only his music videos, you look at someone who took a medium with the utmost seriousness. Well, I think he took, he was a little more willing to take risks. And I think he was able to, because he was Michael Jackson. Yeah. Well, and he was the first one who said, I want to do a movie of music videos. And he did that with Moonwalker. And that also became something that Brian Spagnoli has a, has an inter- interesting history with because he did uh, video game plots on Platinum Achievements <laughs> yeah. for Moonwalker the Game. And Moonwalker oh, the movie is just as weird, just as cool, and just as awe-inspiring as, um, as it could be. And then, yeah. you know, he did a lot of interesting things for music videos. So if you wanted to explore music videos as a medium of art, which I think is a, a well worthwhile pursuit. Um, yeah. You start with him and then you get sort of a breadth of an idea and then you could go other ways like, okay, go or talking heads. It is or, interesting though, where okay, go is 20 years after Michael Jackson uh, is is at his height and releasing music videos and mm-hmm. uh, and how difference if you look at something like the Thriller music video and compare that to something like OK Goes uh, Here We Go Again and both of them reached astounding levels of popularity and yep. in this the most absurdly different ways. I mean, it's almost difficult to compare them because they're so different, but they are both still music videos. I mean, they're they're video to enhance the the music that's playing. And the process in which they both get shared or why they get shared is so different as well too. Like the okay go thing is like, hey, look at these crazy kids. Hey, look at this dumb thing. It's kind of funny. Yeah. Look at this this crazy thing that's happening right here. Uh, Where on Thriller is like, holy shit, look at this. Look at this. This is kind of crazy. Or like whole, just a whole plot and everything that's occurring in front of you in just this weird, like, it's hilarious to, like, Thriller is a hilarious song itself, too. Oh, God, Uh, it's so dumb. Oh, it's so dumb. Um, (laughs) It's so dumb. I mean, it's great, though. Uh, And Mm. it, yeah. I think, well, where do you even, is there a projection that can be made to? I feel like there's been more of a trend where uh, videos with like greater stories are, are being more like keyed in on by artists now. And I'm really just thinking of Beyonce uh, with Lemonade. I'm thinking about the Arcade Fire, the Suburbs album. I, I can think of uh, well, but Troy Sivan had like a neighborhood, I, I think, Blue look Neighborhood. At, look album. at the mid to late 90s and early 2000s with the rise of Bad Boy Records. Um, Puff Daddy wanted to throw story into his videos. Most of it was utter garbage. I, mean, I still think that I still think the best video to come out of Bad Boy yeah. is well, I Biggie's think the Juicy. Whole, whole thing there. Like, was, that's it. Was that they felt like they were they were putting um, a visual to what they were rapping about, which is a big deal when um, when you. T- it's yeah, a big no, deal, it is, but yeah, it was bullshit. I mean, most of those songs 
were bullshit in themselves. So the fact that you know you're saying you're you're mm-hmm. helping, you know, the hood out or whatever, and you know, in, in the video, you show the hood. Well, and you, you you ride around in the hood. Yeah, like okay, like you talk about the struggle in the hood, but um, it 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 doesn't go beyond showing it in a video. No, it, it really doesn't. And then, like, out of the out of Bad Boy, the second yeah, best video yeah. is Sky is the Limit off of Biggie's second album. Because Puff Daddy is nowhere near it. He's not in it at all. It's just a bunch of kids having a good time as rich people. You can't not look at that and go like, oh, this is kind of cool. I'm happy for this. Because at some point, the sky is the limit. But where does that... When does it become... I've aimed at the sky and hit the crushing defeat that is ground um but then there were there were videos in the late night or early or actually no mid to late 90s that took video seriously and also took the tone of the time seriously because especially in hip-hop when samples were a difficult thing to get cleared um and then you'd see you'd see videos full of um pixelated and blurred out logos because yeah. hip hop was full of sports logos and and clothing line <laughs> logos but MTV didn't have clearance for all that so they wouldn't air it so there were like and my favorite one is um uh what they do by the roots Philly represent um <laughs> they basically do a video of stereotype video stereotypes like oh we're going to have this stereotypical champagne room shot oh stereotypical logo we didn't get cleared shot <laughs> and then <laughs> with, yeah. and then stereotypical with picture with all my homies and you know and, and things like yeah. that it is um, a really annoying concept too to see those like the unnecessariness of, of those logos being blurred out too and it's a really interesting time how much that did target or, or really impact hip hop yeah. More than anything else, because of companies' lack of willingness to want to be associated with hip hop, or mm-hmm. yeah. or some I mean, some it, it like was a way to suppress the music. Yeah, but then the you'd get Guns I, N' Roses covering a Bob Dylan song, "Knock Knock Knocking on Heaven's Door," and everything was fine. Yeah, no one cares about that though. Yeah, I mean, there, fuck there's that some, shit. Um, there's some real political discussion that could be had about that whole thing, uh, but. It is a, a really, really interesting uh, idea, the the way that uh, music videos, or, or just videos generally, and, and uh, the, I don't know if oppression is the right word for hip-hop itself, uh, from bigger companies for a very long time. I think now it's, it's pretty, it's a heck of a lot... It's, it, it's way Hip-hop's more accepted in. it's way more accepted now but yeah. like hip-hop in the 80s was rock and roll in the 50s it was it was it, it, it was, was music of, it was everyone. music of the devil it was the yeah. devil the devil <laughs> is coming out of the streets about, like uh, that's what the that media was. effects theory the idea that this could happen uh it, it, it's just so insane like i said before twelve thousand years of recorded human history writing books on books on books and images and images of just the most gruesome violence and and things like that but uh how often will you see someone now say you know reading a book is gonna you know 
make you go crazy. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and then and then the first book you hand somebody's the goddamn Bible. But that's a different thing. <laughs> um so uh in conclusion, I think we can I'm gonna I'm gonna stop my own rambling. Yeah, because, yeah. Because we need I to can. wrap things up here now. Um I I do wanna say I miss the way music videos were. Um I also recognize that they needed it needed to be kind of done away with from an MTV standpoint because a that network wasn't making money and B um, creativity will flourish on the internet for the best possible reasons and the worst possible reasons because free speech is a thing um, yeah. yeah yeah Brian what are your final thoughts on this too where uh, where do you see I'm music kinda, videos? I'm, I'm kind of on the same boat as Matt. I mean, I I remember being, you know, uh, as little as five years old. Uh, every day, um, uh, excuse me, uh, um, like every Saturday morning, you know, watching um, watching MTV and watching VH1 and flipping back and forth between uh, each channel. And uh, it's something that I, I a probably am too hungover on Saturday morning to do now. But also, <laughs> not um, six years old. That would be great. <laughs> but oh, those bourbon hangovers for a six-year-old man—they're—it's well, it's, no, it's a bad scene. It's just a real bad. Warm scene. milk and bourbon. <laughs> but, um, now I I, I I think I've tried it once in the last year, and. Um, between uh, just the what is what is playing, um, a I don't like the music, and then b I look at the video and it's like this is this is just the worst thing in the world. Um, <laughs> yeah, which probably has a correlation to, to do with the song, but uh, yeah, yep. I, I wish we had a little bit more um, interesting and thought out music videos now. I, I think now it's just all about how can we get the most amount of views so that you know we can make some money off this. So I hope yeah. eventually that changes, but we also hopefully things progress a little bit from there too. Yeah. I mean, just uh, do something dumb like White Stripes, fell in love with a girl, make a video out of Legos, it'll be fine. Yeah. Oh man, that's another one we, we or like mention here too. Peter Gabriel did Sledgehammer. Just do that. Like, what I fine. think is super interesting too, uh, that we didn't talk about it here, and we don't have enough time to explore it anymore too. Uh, and I will say it is something that purely happens because of YouTube and and just uh, user creation is listeners making their own videos mm -hmm. and, and exploring that whole world too. I mean, uh, it is crazy what people are inspired to do themselves and how they can translate music in their own way and, and make some amazing things. Uh, but this is a there's whole... A really, there's a really good made video of Neutral Milk Hotel's Holland 1945 on YouTube. Find it. It's really good. Pretty good. Um, with that... We got to wrap this up. We uh, we extended the sh the show a little bit today. I think we went an extra about twenty minutes. That's uh, fine. But I think we should be pretty good. Uh, Matt, uh, where can people find you at to to listen to to you more and to, and to hear your beautiful or see your records? Really, I, I posted that on our <laughs> Facebook page, Instagram. Um, on the internet, I am infinite underscore rewind on Instagram. I post a thirty second chunk of a record every day. 
um, just because I, I, I actually just because he wants to show how well, many. No, I actually don't. I don't even do that because, like, at some point, like, I need to make sure that that music is a part of my day, and and that is my one sort of ritual every day that I make sure I do. I make sure I listen to one record a day. Now, I can't post a, I can't just play a whole record on Instagram because, well, fair use. So I do the 30 seconds at a time and hopefully at some point someone says, hey, I'm going to try that record. Um, yeah. No, I, yeah. I've even done it myself <sighs> looking at things that you've shared and, and, I, and I'll go search them later or whatever and, and listen to some of the stuff. Uh, yeah, um, I think it's really cool to, to see what other I don't, people are listening to. And, I don't know how good or bad my record collection is, but I know it's music that I care about. So, so that's a good collection that. then. It's your collection. <laughs> you like it's it. It's a good. <laughs> I'm I I am the most self conscious person in the world, and I self deprecate like the best. Um, you can also find me on Twitter, infinite underscore rewind. If you play the video games, infinite underscore rewind on PSN. You can find me hosting NGR, co-hosting the Brew Review, um, both of which are on the NGR radio network. Um, also, before I throw it to anybody else, Jesse Douglas also did mention another band in his question. Uh, he mentioned The Jam. Um, I know neither of the Bryans are old enough to remember The Jam because they were born in the 90s. Um, <laughs> but, uh, the Jam are... Are easy. Nope, that's nope, that's different. The jam was Paul Weller, Bruce Foxton, and Rick Buckler, and they were the only punk band as adventurous as The Clash. Um, All right. Now that seems like high praise. I think, especially from you, your love for The Clash, I'm kind of surprised you. I think I think that they could have gone further. And once the jam broke up and Paul Weller and Mick Talbot formed the Style Council, he tried to go further. Had some success, had some failures, but the jam is one of my favorite bands of all time. Um, If you want an album, sound effects. That's where you start. I think Um, I know what I'll be listening to later. And then (laughs) then after that, go to Setting Suns and then In the City. Man, you're giving me a homework assignment now. Skip all mod cons. (laughs) Or no, skip News of the World. You do all mod cons, and and the gift is is pretty good. Um, that was a it was a cool band from the late seventies, early eighties. One of the best post punk bands, right along with REM of all time. Um, check them out if you haven't heard them. And Jesse Douglas, thank you for mentioning them. <laughs> yeah, now I'm you gave me a, a band to check out too, Jesse. So uh, yeah, and I'll keep beating you. Sam's Town over my head because oh, come on, man, it's not uh, good, man. It's not good. Brian, uh, plug yourself. Oh, what anything you got? Um, so at at oh god at uh, hey, strangers R A L L Z Z pretty much. Uh, uh, that's on Twitter and at the Brian Raleigh on Instagram. Um. Or if you want to be my Facebook friend, that's cool too. Uh, it's just Brian Raleigh. Um, we are friends, yeah. He no, never posts. No, I, I like never. I <laughs> I don't like Facebook. I use it just uh, a little bit as a media source and just to keep up with some people that 
I don't really talk to all the time. Um, yeah. yeah. But, Facebook's for um, old people. At Twitter yeah. and Instagram. That's why, I, that's why I get down on uh, Facebook. And <laughs> same thing for James Arlo. Um, yeah. yeah, fucking listen to the Wayward Strangers. They're really good. Yeah. Yeah, that's us. Like, the sides like, as well too. I'm I'm throwing them sorry. in even though he's not on the show. Uh but uh yeah, uh if you want to check me out, uh I'm at zombie XSP on pretty much every uh, social media platform that exists. Uh I write for blueshirtsnation.com if you're a New York Rangers fan and want to see what I think about Rangers prospects and anything going on with the team. Uh be Are sure they going to be good this way. year? They're gonna be the good. They're gonna be pretty good this year. I'm not God gonna, damn it! Fuck the Rangers. I'm not gonna. I have reserved optimism, but uh, <laughs> we're gonna have a bunch of good kids out here. Uh, Skate, skating on the ice. <laughs> <laughs> what the? Right. Fuck? You're um, too far above the Mason Dixon line to pop that accent, Raleigh. I don't know where you went. <laughs> where you think you is, son? <laughs> Uh, you can also check out uh, BrianSpagnoli.com. It's where, obviously, this show is hosted. Um, but I also have my own blog, and I, I write about anything pretty much there as well, too. Uh, and also, this show. Come on. Follow us. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all those places. Matt and the B-flats. Uh, it takes definitely. forever for us to get an episode out because of my work schedule. That's my fault. We're, and... we're getting there. One a week about right now. We're, we're fine with it. I do want to get a little more consistent. Uh and find a one day each week that we always release on, but we're still in the early stages of the show, so we're, we're still experimenting with things. If you have any thoughts yeah, or, or topics that you want us to talk about as listeners, uh, you know, send us a Swift. comment on the Facebook page, uh, Matt and the B Flats. Uh, no, no Twilight Swift, uh, please. <laughs> uh, that should be it. Uh, I want to get you guys on NGR at some point. Yeah, I'm down. You know, give me a, a, a time and I'll, I'll 100% be around. Uh, Wednesday night. Sounds good to me. Uh, Matt, do your job. Banana and out.